SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. It is a Tuesday. I am Brad Brown. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks to the MoneyWeb team. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll be chatting to Nikki Boyer, previewing tomorrow's third and final test between the Pro Tiers and India that gets underway at the Wanderers. We'll also be talking some rugby, the state of SA Rugby, and uh, what 2018 has in store We'll also get the latest from the Australian Open. Let's start with some football news. Polokwane City taking on uh, Supersports United at the Lucas Masterpieces Moripe Stadium tonight. Kickoff at 7.30. City are looking to widen the gap between themselves and the sides in the bottom half of the table. They're currently 12th on the log. And head coach Bernard Moleka says this encounter is critical to them consolidating their league position. I think this game is is, is more important uh, because it's the game in hand, but it's not points. So we are going out there to, to fight and make sure that we, we get the points and top up uh, from the points that we have at the moment. Only a point separates uh, the two sides on the table. Matatsansa just ahead of their visitors in 11th spot, while Rise and Shine got a point from their last match. United lost. Moleka says tonight's opposition struggles will make it a difficult clash. Six point a game, one, two, they're not doing well. Uh, that makes the game more more difficult for us. Um, we are going out to, to give our best. And uh, hopefully Supersport is a very good team, um, good players, we respect their coach also. But at the end of the day, we are going out to make sure that we fight as hard as we can to make sure that we come back with three points. In domestic uh, football news, Cape Town City today announcing that they've signed Ugandan international winger Alan Katarega. Some uh, actions to look forward to in the Chan this evening as well. Rwanda taking on Libya while Guinea play Nigeria. In cricket news, Bangladesh down Zimbabwe by 91 runs in their ODI triangular series clash in Dhaka. In the Big Bash, the Sydney Sixers won their fourth match in a row and they defeated the Melbourne Stars by five wickets. And how's this for a story? In the under-19 World Cup, leg spinner Lloyd Poe picked up eight wickets for just 35 runs to bowl Australia into the semi-finals of the global showpiece. England had earlier dismissed the Aussies for 127 uh, in 34 overs and were cruising to victory. They were 47 without loss after seven overs. The 18-year-old then proceeded to rip through the English batting lineup with the team all out for 96, handing Australia the win by 31 runs. In the other quarterfinal, the West Indies downed Ireland by four wickets. South Africa play their quarterfinal against Pakistan. Gets underway at 11.30 this evening. And finally, Springbok Sevens captain Philip Snayman says they have no reason not to win back-to-back titles in the Sydney leg of the HS. BC World 7 Series. The Blitzbox are defending champions in Sydney and in New Zealand after tournaments uh, was moved from the capital Wellington to Hamilton. Slamon believes his team have overcome the mental barrier of not being able to win down under. Yes, yeah, a couple of seasons ago this was um, this was a very difficult um, tour for us, the Australasian leg, um, but we kind of made a mind shift and said, listen, we're going to embrace it, we're going to enjoy every single bit of it. doesn't matter the, the time zones that we're travelling through, um, we will be ready for it. And I think that's exactly the same mindset that we have. And yes, um, last year we were back-to-back, so there's no reason for us not to do it again. We have similar squad to last season. All the guys have more experience. The guys are in great condition, um, thanks to the medical staff and the conditioning staff for that. So yes, there's no reason for us not not to perform this upcoming weekend. Coming up next year on SAFM, we'll chat some tennis.
SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some tennis now here on SAFM Sports Wrap as we head towards the conclusion of this year's first Grand Slam, the Australian Open. It was another fascinating day's tennis uh, at Melbourne Park. And it's been one of those tournaments with uh, all the big names falling. There's been surprises pretty much every single day. And today was no different. Uh, Rafael Nadal, the top seeds, uh, retiring. Chris Bowers has got more. But there's also a bit of a South African connection in the second half of this tournament, as Chris explained. Well, despite the poor performances by South African players at this year's Australian Open, those with South African connections seem to be doing very well. In fact, we could have a men's singles final of two players with South African mothers, Kyle Edmund and Roger Federer. Edmund came of age in beating Grigor Dimitrov in four sets. The Briton was born in Johannesburg but left for England when he was three and he took advantage of a drop in the world number three's form at this tournament, Dimitrov proving wobbly on his serve and backhand as Edmund made it to his first Grand Slam semi-final. And then Edmund's chances of reaching Sunday's final were enhanced by the defeat of Rafael Nadal. He played a gruelling five-set match against Marin Cilic but in the fourth set it became clear the physical strain was taking its toll. He called for the trainer and after dropping serve at Love 2 in the fifth set he gave up as he was barely able to move. We're not yet sure what the injury is, but it could be an adductor strain. In another upset, Elise Mertens beat the women's world number four, Elena Svitolina, and she now plays Karolina Wozniacki, who beat Carla Suarez-Navarro. As for tomorrow, Federer plays Thomas Burdich, while Tennis Sandgren plays Hyun Chung. They are South African connections galore at this year's Australian Open. The former South African player Neville Godwin, who coached Kevin Anderson for four years until the end of last year, is now coaching Hoying Chung, the South Korean who impressed the tennis world on Monday night by beating Novak Djokovic in straight sets. SAFM's reporter at Melbourne Park, Chris Bowers, caught up with Godwin to talk about his new role. Neville, just explain the mechanics. Last year you were working with Kevin Anderson, now you're working with Hyun Chung. How did it come about with you? You stopped working with Kevin, picked up with Hyun Chung. First of all, Kevin and I uh, split amicably. We had four fantastic years together and we're still very good friends and you know, no hard feelings, obviously. Uh, it was just a time for him to get some new perspectives, some fresh eyes. They share an agent, so once Kevin and I were finished, the agent approached me maybe a week, 10 days later, and asked if I'd perhaps be interested in having a look at Hyun Chun. So I said, sure, that sounds fantastic. And we spent a week together in December in Bangkok, and uh, yeah, we got along really well, and we find ourselves here in Australia, second week. He's been known for a while as one of the promising players in the next generation of male players. What did you see in him that made you think that you could take him to a much higher level? Well, I think he's he's very raw. I mean, he's a, an incredible athlete. I'd be struggling to find someone who I'd say is a better raw athlete than than, than Hyun. And uh, he's a great ball striker. So I was just trying to put a few pieces of the puzzle together. And we still have some work to do. There's still a, a few more things that he needs to add to his repertoire. But uh, I really like what I'm seeing so far. He seems to be a mixture of incredibly humble, but with great personality and no lack of confidence. Yeah, I mean, I think his understanding of the English language is helping him. He's becoming more confident in, in speech and, and also in his understanding. And that's really helping him to, to move forward in, in this environment. Uh, it's, it's not the easiest environment coming out of Asia because obviously, the, you know, it's completely foreign for them. But I think he's handling it really well and he's allowing his natural personality and character to shine, which is fantastic for the game. You mentioned Asia there. I mean, do you feel that you're more than just helping him, helping the development of the sport in a part of the world where it's but done very well in the last uh, couple of decades but still has a long way to go? Well, uh, it's still very new with him. Uh, I wouldn't say that yet. If I help in any way, that would be fantastic. But uh, no, all the credit must go to him. He's, uh, 
his character's coming through and I think uh, he's someone that people will follow and they will enjoy following as well. I mean, the coach's job is to obviously bring a player on, but you have your own personal development here. What have you learned over the years coaching Kevin and others that you can bring to Hyun Chung's game? Well, I think, you know, obviously being on the tour the last four years working with Kevin and trying to figure out ways for Kevin to how his game will fit against other players. Uh, I have a lot of notes on all the players and a lot of data that I've, I've, I've accumulated over the last four years with all the other players. And, uh, you know, just bringing a little bit of, they're calling it in Asia, a little bit of like Western coaching uh, philosophy, which I'm not exactly sure is correct, but just a different perspective, really. And I think that's so far is working pretty well. And finally, how good can he be? <laughs> uh, the sky's the limit. I'm sure if you'd asked uh, Djokovic at 21, you know, how good could he be? I'm not sure exactly of, at the top of my head what he'd achieve by that stage, but the progress is, is really good. And Hyon is a pretty confident young man, but quietly confident. And uh, I wouldn't want to put any sort of ceiling on his ability. Uh, he, he can go as far as he really wants to. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The third of uh, the test series between India and the Proteas uh, gets underway at uh, the Ballroom. The Wanderers in Johannesburg uh, tomorrow. Should be another fascinating uh, five days of cricket. The Proteas having already clinched uh, that series 2-0 after wins uh, at Newlands and Supersport Park uh, last week. We're joined now by former Protean Nicky Boyer. Nicky, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thanks for joining us. Hi, good afternoon, Brett. Thanks very much. Nicky, nice going into a, a final test of a series, 2-0 up. The pressure essentially off the Proteas. They can go there and, uh, I mean, you've won the series. Uh, nothing else to prove. Obviously, they want to try and win 3-0, but uh, it, it must be a huge weight off of Faf Duplessis' shoulders. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, you know it's a great start also for Otis Gibson as a, as a head coach in that, but... Um, you know, I think they, they went in uh, with a proper plan against uh, the Indians to use the quickies, and uh, uh, it paid off. You know, just really Kohli that looked like he, he back a little bit against uh, against our quickies, and uh, but I must say the guys have really played well um, overall. Nicky, have you been surprised? Did you expect? Let me put it this way: rather, did you ex- did you expect India to be a lot stronger on this tour? We know that they do struggle a, a bit on South African wickets, and we'll talk about their record at the Wanderers because that's not the case in Johannesburg. But uh, do you do you think they've put up as much resistance as you would have expected from the number one Test side in the world? Yeah, I must say I, I thought they would uh, they would have done a little bit better than, than what they did. But uh, you know, I think that uh, the the first wicket uh, down in Newland, um, you know suited us perfectly and I think after that uh, rain uh, day that rained out uh, the wicket just spiced up and we could see the way the South Africans were batting at the stuff there and uh, you know we've got the quality of bowlers that uh, that will ask the right questions and uh, uh, it's, it's actually shown in both test matches the one at uh, Super Sport Park who, um, you know was a little bit uh, more probably more Indian than, 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 than what uh, what uh, what we normally used to, but um, you know, but uh, again, you know, the uh, guys put their hands up, and and the young debutant really put his hand up. You know, so uh, our our quickies were were excellent in this in the last two test matches, and it's probably going to be the same starting tomorrow. 
Let, let's talk about the Wanderers. And, and India, as far as all the grounds in South Africa, have a fairly decent record at the Wanderers. They've, they've never lost. They've drawn three and, and won one. So unbeaten in Johannesburg. And you would think uh, the Wanderers pitch very fast, bouncy at altitudes. Uh, I was surprised when I saw those stats. Do you think it's going to change tomorrow, particularly, as you mentioned, with the, the bowling attack that we've got at the moment? I mean, four frontline quick bowlers that would probably start in any team in world cricket at the moment. Yeah, definitely, and I, uh, that's that's probably the way they're going to go tomorrow as well. Uh, you know, the the Indian batters at the moment, except Kohli, they've got an excellent hundred uh, in the second test. It doesn't look like there's too many that's, that's got form at the moment, so they're probably going to stick to 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 the seam attack and and leave some grass on it. Um, so it will be interesting to see how how things go. Let's talk selection point of uh, perspective. Uh, Keshav Maharaj, he's been an important part of the, the South African Test setup for for the last uh, for the last while. But by his standards, he, he he hasn't been the greatest this series. He hasn't picked up lots of wickets. He's bowled well, but uh, for for very little reward. Do you do you think he'll play this this uh, Test match, or do you think he'll sit out for possibly Andile Felakwayo to to go with the, the the sort of full full sort of pace lineup? Um, yeah, it will be interesting to see what they're going to do tomorrow. But um, you know, it's, it's the, the way I think they they might go for an extra batter maybe and and just play the full quick, um, uh, especially if if if, uh, if the conditions uh, will be good for for seam bowling and and there's normally a little bit more bounce at, uh, at the Wanderers. Um So I I wouldn't be surprised if if they if they leave him out and, and go with the extra batter. Uh, but also saying that, you know, he's done an excellent job for South Africa and he's, um, he's, he's done what, uh, what the coaches and I think the captain wants from him. And that, that is, uh, to be very economical and keep one side up and, and, and the quicks will fire from the other side. So he's done, he's done a brilliant job. You know, even, even the figures might not show, you know, lots of wickets, but, um, that's the game that Africa is probably using is, is to make sure that uh, they use the quicks to strike. Yeah, and it's obviously no disrespect to him. I mean, you say he he really does tighten up one one end, but he also takes wickets. He might not have done it in this series, but that that's a big thing with him as well. He doesn't just restrict runs. He 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 can pick them up with with the best of them. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, you know, it's, uh, I know we've we've probably gone for a little bit more uh, senior friendly wickets, but. Um, you know, he's, you know, a, a, a finger spinner normally, and especially a left arm spinner normally comes, comes into play day three, four, and five, maybe. Um, but he's, he's, he's done excellent stuff with South Africa. And, and I mean, he's vital also with the back, you know, scores some good runs here at number, uh, number eight, uh, where he comes in. So, so he's, no, he's a, he's a key part in the, in the whole squad, I think. Nicky, obviously uh, there's a, a one-day series coming up uh, against the Aussies after this. Well, you don't want to look too far ahead. There's still a, a test match here uh, still to come and, and, and those one-days. But uh, on the horizon, Australia, who just come off a, a very impressive Ashes series, who, who are coming here as well. Yes, they, they've lost the one-day series against England, but uh, they're going to pose a very different threat to to the Proteas. Do, do you think we're going to go in with our guns blazing tomorrow to whitewash this thing to go into that series with confidence or do you possibly see Otis Gibson and the selectors playing around with some combinations and trying out uh, a few of the guys on the fringes? Um, yeah, if, if, if anything, maybe try one guy uh, on the fringes, but they, I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll make massive changes. You know, it's, uh, it's also uh, a habit that you want to want to create in the, the winning habits and uh, 
you know, you want to you want to prove a point, um, you know, and and I think everyone is everyone in the side, even even the guys that played over 100 Test matches, you know, it's an honour for them to play for their country and and they want to play every game for their country. So, um, yeah, I think it's 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 going to be important for South Africa to make sure that they hear a few more. Uh, win and then and then uh, look and look ahead uh, at the Australians that's coming later later in the or later in the summer. Someone who's who's represented South Africa at at this level. Look, looking at the the sort of setup at the moment, Nikki and the youngsters that are coming through. You mentioned the debutant Lungi and Gidi, who who were superb in that uh, test in in Centurion. Your thoughts on the future of South African cricket and where we're at right now with with regards to developing talent and and growing the youngsters and bringing them through. Yeah, I think it's important just to make sure that you that you can bring in talent with uh, or young talent with the experience that there is at the moment. You know, it's, um, you know, even even if you bring in a tennis to brain to back, uh, you know, back um, at number five, six, or seven, or six, probably, you know, backing with guys like A.B. De Villiers, Foster, you know, experienced guys, Hashim Amla, um, and then also, you know, to have a Ngidi coming in. Um, he's got more name Morkel there. He's got Thunder uh, there. So there's a lot of experienced guys around him as well. So I think that's that's more important for me is to make sure that that you still create that balance of having good quality players that we've got, but then uh, you know just mould one or two younger guys into it and it just proved the way uh, Ngidi bowled um, uh, last weekend. Uh, Otis Gibson must think he's uh, won the lotto here with with uh, the, what he's got to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've got a we've got a quality quality pace attack. Uh, it's a pretty dull thing. Got injured in that first Test match. You know, he's around the corner breaking breaking the the record and and all that. But uh, you know, there's there's other guys. You know, maybe uh, you know, Duan Willifield is sitting on the side. I mean, he's also exciting. So there's 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 quite a bit uh, quite a bit. In the tank for South Africa, but it's also uh, also important. It's you know it's still a still a long summer and and full tough tough games coming up against uh, against Australia definitely after what I think also is going to be quite a tough one day series against India. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, focus on the next five days and let's hope it's a positive one for the Proteas. Nicky Boyer, thank you so much for your time this evening on SAFM Sports Wrap. Much appreciated. Enjoy uh, the Test match as I'm sure you will, and we look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks very much, 15 February is International Childhood Cancer Day, and the Chalk Childhood Cancer Foundation is asking schools, corporates, and individuals to wear blue in support of children with cancer. Blue pants, shirts, suits, blue dresses, blue hearts, anything blue, along with a trendy Have a Heart for Children with Cancer badge or heart pin. It will all help in the effort to spread the message. One can also get a loved one a delicious chocolate. Buy yours today. Visit www.chalk.org.za or nearest Chalk Regional Office. This is an SABC Foundation supported initiative. Wednesdays are Women in Sport Days on SABC Sport. The scene on Ladies Club is always hot on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. on SABC2. Tune in this Wednesday, 24 January, as Ladies Club presenter Valen Kirkley gets up close and personal with the game changer Maud Kumalo, former Banyana Banyana defender and current coach of Basatana, SA Under 20 Women's National Team. Proudly brought to you by SABC Sport.
for the love of the game. You're dreaming of enjoying the good life with your family, driving fancy cars, owning a luxurious house, being CEO. Make your dreams a reality and your success a priority with a life-changing Regent Business School MBA degree. 2018 registrations are now open. For more on the Regent MBA and undergraduate qualifications, including the BCom degree, visit regent.ac.za. Regent Business School, a member institution of Honorees United Universities. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM South Africa's news and information leader. Let's chat some rugby now as uh, we head towards the start of a brand new season. Lots happening uh, in the preseason. Lots to chat about as well. So I thought we'd uh, touch on it uh, as we get into 2018. Uh, Vatan Gobeni joins us now. Vatan, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap tonight. Thanks for joining us. Great to be chatting rugby once again. Uh, Mazda, Pat, and uh, to you and your listeners. But let's talk uh, a little bit about, let's start high level, obviously Springbok Rugby, and uh, there's been lots of talk following uh, a disastrous year in Tour to Europe last year about Alistair Kutsia's future and what's going to happen. At the time, everyone was convinced he was going. Uh, Rossi Erasmus uh, involved with SA Rugby once again. What's what's the latest? Is he staying? Is he going? Well, Pat, I think SA uh, Rugby has finally realised, as far as realised that Getting rid of Alistair Kutsia might not um, get rid of the problem that you know that has been facing Rugby, um, and 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 they're going to need to find somebody um, or maybe a few people who are going to be able to resolve uh, the problems um, that have you know you know set in, in uh, over the last few years. Um, Alistair Kutsia, yes, you look at his record; it's not the best. Um, however, you know, uh, a guy like Peter Devlin's Heineken now also, you know, I think suffered um, under the same system where, where you know, Saturn that it does not work towards helping the Springboks become successful. It's, it's always a case of the franchises and unions working for themselves and they're leaving the Springbok coach to their own devices. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it, it, it's, um, you know, all come to, to a very, very sad, sad, Situation with with Alistair being in charge of, of of this team and 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 at some point you know I think the exco and uh, the general council they all have to sit down and say to themselves what it is that they need to do to make sure Sakin got to get back to where it used to be. Absolutely. I don't know if I can take another year like 2017, if I have to be honest, but we'll have to watch that space closely. From a player perspective, I heard yesterday Warren Whiteley is, uh, is fit and rearing to go. He's been released by his club in Japan and uh, good to go Super Rugby. That's great news for South African Rugby. No, it's wonderful news, Pat. I think um, a guy like Warren Whiteley has been missing um, from the setup uh, because he's been part of the sort of um, uh, um, the, the new sort of uh, last year has been present into the side with uh, the talk of a new culture and so on. Uh, that's been his grandchild. But I think at the same time, um, Warren White is going to find it very, very difficult to, to cement his test in the side because you, you look at a guy like Kumbos and Nacho who's now uh, playing sevens rugby. You look at a, a guy like Tim Makaba as well as doing well. And you look at uh, Daniel Dupreer. Um, who was also, I mean, he got his buck cap last year and and will keep on knocking at that number eight um, uh, position. So I think Warren Whiteley, for all the for, for all the good that he brings to the side and as a you know as a, as a good leader, but he's got to do more than that. And then obviously there's a, a small issue of players from Maryland being available now for the Springboks, um, and and obviously wanting to to play the World Cup in 2019 next year. Um, 
again, I think it makes um, Alex Kutia's position very, very tricky in terms of who he goes for as, as, as his captain. Um, but then again, you know, who will Alex Kutia be there to make the decision? Uh, regardless of whether he's there or not, um, whoever is there, uh, he'll need to pick the right number eight, but more than anything, the right leader. Absolutely. Uh, just seeing now on the wires as well that uh, the Lions confirming that Kortmos Kassan has injured his knee at training. Uh, yesterday he's gone for an MRI uh, and it's confirmed that it's an ACL tear. Unclear of how long he's going to be out. So that's not good news for him. Let's talk uh, about the Bulls for a second if we can. John Mitchell uh, announcing his uh, squad for the upcoming season. And I think the bigger mission there uh, is uh, Rudy Page. I-, I was quite surprised when I saw that, Vata. I think, I think Brad, all of us are surprised about Rudy Page. Um, I was lost yesterday when when, when uh, John Knox was side, and one would have never thought that a guy like Rudy Page would would would, would miss out on, uh, on on being in the squad itself, especially with a guy like Pete Cantwell having left. And you look at the scrum master, and, it, and none of them have got you know experience, really experience at super at level besides uh, even from Sal, who's injured on on the long term injury list. Um, but the John Knox, as you know, has, has made his days align it. Um, he, I don't think he's got the belief in Rudy Page as, as much as as um, Norris Murray had, and um, and he's probably following the same line as Elisa Coutier. You know, Elisa Coutier never showed real faith in in, in Rudy Page. So, you know, we've got to accept it. It is what it is. And Carla uh, John Mitchell is a man who stands by his word, and a man who will die by by his own convictions. And uh, He's spoken highly about a guy like Ambrose Papir, uh, Junior Strombach, 20 years old. Uh, so don't be surprised uh, if, you know, Ambrose Papir becomes the poster, I think, number nine. And next year we'll start talking about him as as a partner into that Strombach World Cup um, squad um, going to Japan. Absolutely. As far as Super Rugby goes, uh, the, the, the competition's been shrunk slightly. I personally still think it's too big. You, your thoughts, uh, are we going to see a, a higher standard of rugby in, in Super Rugby this year, or is it going to be more of the same, Vata? That's hopelessly higher standard. I'm just tired of, of, of seeing self-standard rugby being played at, at what they call Super Rugby. There's nothing super about the rugby we've watched over the last few years. And hopefully now with 50 teams, we're going to see, you know, um, the best versus the best. Even though I still believe, I think, um, we could do without the Cajueras and, uh, and the Sunwolves. Uh, but I fully understand and appreciate why you'd have those two teams there. Um, without them, I think the competition will go back to what it used to be. Um, and, and the part of, I think, of, of World Jackie. Um But again, as I said this year, we have all the teams, or most of the teams, playing against each other. And, uh, and hopefully, you know, uh, they'll produce a spectacle of, of rugby that will bring back the cars to the stadium, uh, will lift the TV viewerships and lift the ships in radio stations. But more than anything, I think, uh, you know, we need to see better rugby in the field. And, and hopefully, uh, South African franchise will step up to the, to the you know, the plate. And, 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 and so too, I hate to say this, even the Aussies as well. So, you know, just make a spectacle of a competition. Absolutely. Vato, are you brave enough to stick your neck out? Are we going to have a better year from a South African rugby perspective? Not just national team, but uh, our, our super rugby teams across the various competitions. Will we have something to write home about at the end of this year? Asking me as if I'm a political reporter about Jacob Zuma. <laughs> um, if he's going to go, stay. Dad, I'll tell you one thing is that. 
Um, I think all of us wish that um, our teams would do well. As much as I think most Africans probably wish that present would leave. Um, you know, but then again, what we wish for is not what we always get. Um, and, I, and I think a, te- a team like the Bulls might do well at the John Mitchell, but uh, take nothing away from, I think, the Stormers and what they were able to achieve last year, you know, getting the quarterfinals. And I think they'll do much better this year. Would have learned from last year. Um, I'm very worried about the Lions, uh, but at the same time, I think, oh, and I hate to say this, you know, the Sharks under the leadership of, or not leadership under the, the, the scornfulness of um, Robert Dupier might, might, might uh, be a team that we see in the playoffs. Let's hope it is a better year. It can't be much worse than 2017. Let's be honest. Let's hope it's a, a good year for everyone involved. And uh, may the South African teams have a successful one. Vata, thanks for your time this evening, mate. Best of luck. And uh, I know you're driving. Safe travels. No problem. Thank you very much, Brad. Um, and all the best. And hopefully when you and I talk again, we'll be smiling about the, <laughs> the, the, the you know what, what happens with South African teams and may the blitz pocket continue to us part. Yeah, all I can say is thank goodness for the blitz box. That's, uh, that <laughs> <laughs> it would be extremely bleak if it wasn't for them. No, 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 no. <laughs> SAFM Sports Wrap. That is about it for this evening's SAFM Sports Wrap. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news uh, this evening, it is uh, the Talk Shop, uh, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, just uh, some uh, rugby news. There is uh, ongoing uncertainty over Dwayne Vermeulen's next career move, despite his confirmed departure from French club Toulon. Last week, the president of the club confirmed that one of their worst-kept secrets uh, when he revealed that Springbok number 8 would be uh, not be leaving the club following the 2017-18 season. According to the report newspaper, the Japan deal uh, would allow Vermeulen to play in the three-test series against England this June and uh, in the end of year tour, but he may not be released for the rugby championship. So that's a bit of an ongoing saga as well. Uh, new South African rug- uh, director of rugby, Rossi Erasmus, is believed to have been a strong advocate uh, for Vermeulen returning to South Africa, with many expected the influential number eight to be the front runner for the Bok captaincy. However, Warren Whiteley uh, may regain that leadership range if Vermeulen isn't available for all of the box test matches in 2018. Thank you very much to my team in Johannesburg this evening, Luyolo and Phineas, for keeping things going tonight. Have yourself a, a great Tuesday evening. My parting shot uh, for tonight, if I may, also just send my condolences to the family of the late Hugh Masekela, uh, an icon in South Africa and uh, particularly uh, South African culture and music, and he will be sorely missed. So rest in peace, uh, Brahu, and thanks for the memories. Right now it is 7 o'clock on SAFM. It's time for your news.